The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 561 for March 12th, 2017. Unlimited now means one gigabyte per day, nougat oozes all over, and bring on the beats. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Chunky podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, before we get into some news, a little discussion about my latest tech purchases. There were two of them this week, the Bridge keyboard for the iPad and also the Beats X headphones. So... Let's talk about the bridge first. So um, as we've talked about many times on the show, I love using a keyboard with the iPad and have generally used portfolio style keyboard cases, uh, especially over the last year. And the one that I was using was a product from from Kensington and uh, love the keyboard itself. Uh, unfortunately, it was starting to just uh, wear out. Basically, the magnets weren't holding the iPad as well. Um, the actual case itself was starting to get stretched and it just, it wasn't working as it should. So, uh, I've been on a quest over the last few weeks to try and find something new, something that would kind of fill the, the need that I had with it and maybe get something a little bit nicer. So, uh, when I started looking around, I, I've owned a bridge before for the air, uh, iPad, uh, I guess it was the third edition, uh, of the iPad. And so, um, I knew that the, the build quality generally was pretty decent with them. Um, the look is great. Uh, and so I said, okay, let's check out one of these. You get pay a little bit of a premium for it, but uh, for $130 um, I had within two days um, the bridge. So um, it uh, you know obviously has a great look to it, nice uh, finish to it. looks basically identical to the iPad itself. I ordered the Space Gray version, and so it, it matches very nicely. Um, this is the, the, the type of keyboard that attaches to the iPad and, and turns it effectively into a laptop. Um, so there's a single hinge on it, or there's two hinges, but uh, a single kind of motion that opens it up uh, versus some of the other uh, part, the folio style ones that you've got to kind of lift it up and twist it and, and do different things with this. So this is just open it up like a laptop and that's how it is. Um, the keyboard itself was nice to type on. It's very similar to a MacBook or MacBook Pro type of a keyboard on it. Same effective layout uh, and uh, certain things on it that I really liked, including backlit keys, uh, you know, controls up at the top for uh, the music, uh, as well as uh, brightness of the screen, volume and all of that. And uh, in generally thought it was it was nice to type on. However, uh, a major issue with the keyboard and uh, one thing that um, I, I thought may have been just an issue with the particular unit that I got, but looking into it, it appears that this is something that is a fairly regular uh, complaint about it. About 10%, uh, so think about, let that sink in for a minute, 10% of my key presses didn't register when I was typing on it. And for a touch typist, uh, it, it is effectively rendering a keyboard useless if you've got that many key presses that are that are not working. And so um, I use this basically as my main computer. And so it has to work absolutely flawlessly. And I just wasn't willing to 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 put up with that. So literally within four hours of opening it, um, I, I tried to give it a shot. But literally within four hours, um, I decided, you know what, this is just not worth it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this back in the box and uh, sent it back. So um, that was that was the first thing. Uh, and and so you, the, the kind of the follow-up question to that is, so what did you do? Uh, and so I decided I was going to try out kind of a different, uh, you know, MO, if you will, and uh, go to Joey's favorite, uh, which is 
the smart cover that goes uh, on the iPad, and there's there's nothing on the back of it. It's not the case, just the cover itself. Um, and uh, go with that, and then a keyboard that I've had for now um, over two years, which is the Microsoft. Uh, I can't think remember exactly what it's called, but it's the Microsoft Bluetooth keyboard is what it is, and uh, it allows you to connect to multiple devices. And uh, it has uh, it's separate from the iPad itself, so it's basically just a, a an external portable keyboard. And uh, I've been using that for pretty much the entirety of this week. And honestly, um, it is I, I forgot how much I liked having uh, a separate iPad from the keyboard and uh, not having to deal with the bulk of the keyboard all the time as well. Um, so that is kind of the the trek that I'm on at this point is trying to figure out if I can if I can make this work. And so far, so good over the first uh, first couple of days of using it. Yeah, I really like having keyboards separate from the iPad. I, I, I haven't had a folio style like the one you have, but the, the bulkiness alone for me just makes it weird and thick and kind of attached and it kind of ruins the tablet, uh, you know, the, the tablet form factor of the iPad itself. So having a keyboard that just can stay on the desk by itself while you can just quickly grab the iPad, pick it up, do some manipulation, set it back down, keep working on the keyboard, uh, to me makes it very flexible and, and easy to use that way. And, and like I said, this is really my primary computer most of the time. Um, and so I'm, I'm on the go quite a bit. And uh, so having something with a bigger screen obviously makes, um, you know, is, is very helpful for me. Um, having that the ability to, you know, to type out longer emails with a keyboard, a keyboard that's really good is a must. Um, and so because if I if I don't have that, then I need to bring a laptop. It's just not feasible to just to, to not have a physical keyboard. I've tried. I really have. And it's just it's it, it turns. There's already an inefficiency with the iPad from a if you've got big chunks of work to do on it um, that you just don't get um, by using the touchscreen um, for, you know, I'll just say the overall productivity. I, I find it to be uh, much better in that I can stay on top of things all the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm processing, you know, well over 100 emails a day, as most people are. Uh, but I'm also responding to uh, quite a bit. I usually respond to probably about 50 a day. Um, there's a lot of days where I, I go over 75. Um, and that's a lot of emails to be sending. And I would say probably over, well, well over half of them happen from the iPad. So it just kind of uh, from a, you know, uh, perspective of someone who uses this thing a lot. It's, it's a very important thing. So anyway, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to mention it. If you have a bridge and you've got a, a different experience, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what you think of, of it and, uh, you know, potentially, potentially give us a counter, uh, to, uh, to my comments on it. So that was the first thing. So then the next purchase that I, I got this week were the Beats X headphones. And so um, e e the last couple of weeks have been uh, kind of one, again, of an exploratory nature where I've been trying to find uh, a set of headphones, Bluetooth headphones that I could use. Um, I, I tried out the AirPods about a month ago, and for a number of reasons, I decided that they weren't for me. So Verizon, uh, I think it was last Friday, had a 25% off accessories sale, and it didn't matter if you were a customer of, of them or not. You got to uh, you get to take advantage of the the price cut. And so instead of $150, I think I spent like $112 and uh, got a, a pair of the Beats X headphones. So those arrived this week as well. And um, when I first opened the box, um, I pulled them out and uh, you know pulled them out of the packaging themselves, and I hated them. 
Um, I, I could not, uh, I could not get over this weird cable thing where you've got the, the headphones and they, and they're, you know, they're wireless, but they're wired cause they're connected. And, uh, I, I also couldn't get them to stay in my ears. Um, I thought the sound was tinny. I was very disappointed by, um, uh, you know, what I thought were premium headphones, at least from, you know, the, the perspective of these are the beats brand. And, and I thought, man, what is going on? Um, I also didn't like the way that the, the phone calls sounded, uh, during some test recordings, come back to that in just a second uh but just generally was was not happy about him and um so i, I kind of put him down i i after you know um a, a few minutes of playing with him i said I, I i don't even know i'm not gonna put him back in the box yet but let me uh let me come back to him here so um come back to him later in the night and uh, i'm digging through the box and uh I saw, then I was finally at that point that I found all the extra ear tips in the box. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I've never really taken the time to switch, you know, switch ear tips out on, uh, at least I couldn't remember having done it. Uh, and so, um, I, there, I, you know, switched them around. I thought, okay, well, these are, this is sort of better. And then I tried another pair and I thought, oh, these are actually much better. And then I found the little, uh, let's say the cartilage holder thing, which is, which basically takes the, the, the headphone itself and provides a little piece of rubber up on the top so that it, it, it kind of holds itself in your ear and things totally changed. Um, it was like a, it went from this, you know, total disappointment to, wow, this is an amazing experience. And so, uh, it was, it's not the most amazing sound that you've ever heard, but it is so much better than the AirPods. Um, the low end response is pretty darn good. Um, they are about on par with my hundred dollar sure headphones. Um, certainly these are not Bose QC 35 Bluetooth headphones. These are not three, four, $500, you know, sure. Or other, you know, types of headphones. Uh, but you know, for a hundred dollar pair of headphones, you pay a little premium to get the Bluetooth. That's what these sound like. Um, on the, the other side of that, where I was not happy about the, the test recordings and the quality of it. Um, what I realized is that that was hundred percent attributable to what was doing the recording, which was Google voice, uh, because I did a test call with my, the earphones that what, ear pods, I guess is what they call them that came with the iPhone, which I think actually sound pretty darn good when you're talking to somebody on and they sounded equally as bad. So then I did a call over, um, to another T-Mobile phone, which was a uh, voiceover LTE call and had the, the HD voice on it and they sound fantastic. So, um, so the microphone is good. It does pick up quite a bit of wind. It does pick up a lot of background noise, uh, just like the, the ear pods do. Uh, but it is, so they're not as good as the AirPods in that regard, but still serviceable. And that's what I was looking for. Well, that's good. And, and yeah, yeah, I, you'd played that message for me, Mickey, uh, you sent it to me with the, the, uh, the Google voice recording. Yeah, it was very, uh, very, uh, mediocre that sound. So I, I kind of thought uh, as you did that they weren't the best sound quality for phone calls, but that was great. You were able to test them a little bit further and find out they are just, uh, just fine. Yep. And, uh, I, I, Honestly, now I think I will be keeping them, um, which I I did not think I was going to be saying. I, I I fully expected them to be going back, and uh, so at the very least, I'm going to have a, a big test with them. I'm going to be doing some traveling here soon, and so I'm going to test them out, see how they do on a plane, see how they do, kind of when out and about, doing more phone calling with them, and uh, then I'll be able to make a, a full uh, decision on whether or not I'm going to keep them. 
And like what you discovered is, you know, having the proper sealing uh, ear tips in is really, really critical when you have headphones that are designed to to, to be, uh, you know, uh, inserted that way where they are sealed, unlike the AirPods where they're kind of open air and you can hear the ambient noise much better than having sealed ones, which are they a lot of times they refer to those as noise isolation earbuds as well. And, uh, uh, you know, I use kind of noise isolation ones frequently, but it does kind of get in the way sometimes of uh, when you're out and about it. They're not ideal for that situation because you cannot hear what's going on around you. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I also thought, or I realized that I, it's been a long time since, or at least I thought it had been a long time since I used noise isolation headphones until I realized that I use them every single week to record this show. Um, and that's what I use are these Shure headphones. And uh, uh, But then I also, Joey reminded me before the show that it, it wasn't until I found the proper tips for these in the packaging that I was able to like fully enjoy and experience using these headphones. Because for a while, I thought they were very uncomfortable as well. Right. And I did the same way. I wasn't getting them quite uh, right either because these are kind of a, a different design than most uh, most headphones, those Shures are at least. But it's uh, it, it's one of those things that's really critical to uh, to have them fitting properly because the, the low end sound really is affected by those seals. Yeah. And that is exactly what I was experiencing. And I just, it sounded tinny. Uh, and as soon as I got the, the right, uh, the right tips on them, it was like, holy cow, this is uh, this is a really cool experience, especially over Bluetooth. Uh, and especially when you're streaming music and then, and, and then still having that experience. Um, and uh, so for, uh, you know, I also then, I think we talked about it on last weekend's show. I also, for the first time in a long time, loaded music onto my phone so I, I used itunes to do that and that was in preparation for this so then i started listening to music that was on the phone and then it was even all that much better uh listening to that stuff so there's a definite difference between stream music and, and the, the stuff that you have on your phone and these particular headphones have those magnetic things that uh, on them don't they where they kind of uh, they can lock around your neck essentially yeah that and that's kind of a i, I it's kind of nice i guess um especially when they are um, you know, when you've got them like around your neck, uh, when they're not in your ears. Uh, so you've got them, uh, basically draped around your neck. And so that, that's kind of nice, I guess. Um, but I will also say that, um, you know, for the most part, I just take them off when I don't have them, uh, you know, I don't leave them around my neck. Although I guess I might, I might from time to time. Um, but, uh, it, I also do the thing where you just put one in and you're listening so that you leave one ear open. And that was actually something that, um, I can appreciate is when, uh, you're when you're in a store or walking around or something and someone says something to you and you go to take one of your ear pieces out so that you can hear what the person is saying with the airpods you're just holding this little tiny thing and you don't know what to do with it you know you don't want to set it down or anything like that versus when you've got headphones on you know what you do you take it and you just pull it out of your ear and you just drop it kind of like hangs down right uh and so that was that was the uh, kind of the how I saw my or how I was using them this week, but um, but yeah, the, the magnetic thing is it's okay. Um, the other thing was the uh, these are do have the W1 chip in them, which means that um, as soon as you turn it on and you uh, have your phone there with you, um, it pops up and you just click connect or whatever it is it's like one tap on the screen and they connect and then because of that w1 chip then they pair with all of your other devices that are signed into iCloud so Apple watch iPad um, Mac uh, it's all connected it's all there uh, and you don't have to do anything else which is great I do that all the time because I switch back and forth between the iPad and the iPhone and so I really loved having that uh, that experience with these again um, 
And also the, the other benefit of these uh, charge over lightning. Uh, they do come with a, a lightning cable, though, um, because I have cable stashed all over the place. It didn't really matter. Um, and so I really appreciate that, having the ability to charge them over lightning. So one less cable to, to take with you. Um, and I think you get eight hours of battery life when you're using them. And something like a five-minute charge gives you another two hours or something like that. So um, it's uh, they they, they kind of have figured out a, a good way to you know to allow them to be used all day long. Um, and if you happen to have them on for eight hours, although that seems like it might be a little excessive, but if you do, you can continue on for another couple hours with just a five-minute charge. So uh, it is nice in that regard. So th- that those are the benefits of these. Certainly, they are they are not the best. Uh, they are not for everyone. They're not the best for everyone. Um, Though pretty happy with the purchase, and uh, if you're an Apple user and the don't think the AirPods are for you, check out the the Beats X. It was uh, it, it's been surprising. I did not think I was going to uh, enjoy them as much as I have over the last uh, couple of days. So that is uh, that is the Beats X. Let's jump into the news, shall we? Uh, first up today, ZTE has agreed to pay the U.S. government significant financial penalties for exporting technology to Iran in violation of sanctions against that country. Specifically, uh, ZTE will pay a criminal and civil penalty of $892 million to the Office of Foreign Assets Control. The company will also be responsible for another $300 million if it fails to comply with the terms of the agreement over a seven-year period. ZTE said it will work with the Independent Compliance Monitor and Auditor to ensure it meets the action required, uh, the action items to prevent potential problems. ZTE has taken a number of steps already to appease the U.S. Department of Commerce. It has replaced its CEO, created a new compliance committee, restructured its legal and compliance departments, expanded its internal documentation, named a U.S. lawyer as chief export compliance officer, and trained 45,000 employees on export controls and sanction laws. The Commerce Department first alleged in March of last year that ZTE had violated trade sanctions in place against Iran by using shell companies to hide its exporting activities. The government initially banned ZTE from exporting any U.S. goods, parts, or components, but offered a reprieve if ZTE worked with the government to resolve the issue. In the agreement uh, that has just been put in place, it puts that issue to rest. ZTE acknowledges its mistakes it has made and takes responsibility for them, said its chairman and CEO. And he also said instituting new compliance-focused priorities and procedures and making significant personnel changes has been a top priority for the company. We have learned many lessons from this experience and will continue on the path to becoming a model for export compliance and management excellence. Yeah, it's something you don't really hear much about are having sanctions against companies that export technology to uh, companies that aren't or countries that aren't allowed uh, via U.S. law to uh, to export technology to. So this is really uh, an unusual case. And especially, you know, the penalties are very severe. I mean, nearly a billion dollars. Yeah, I was going to say a billion dollars for, you know, something that seems, um, you know, almost like an inconsequential thing. But, you know, when you've got some, you know, such animosity between the uh, between the countries and, you know, the kind of just the the, 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 the say the foreign affairs that are going on, um, you know, between the two nations, it, it's it's taken very seriously and uh, ZT has had to pay the price for it. So uh, either way, uh, not going to affect anyone here buying a ZT device, uh, but certainly it's, um, it's, it was uh, something that was notable uh, in uh, the magnitude of what this fine was. 
Next up, President Donald Trump on Tuesday nominated uh, Ajit Pai to the Federal Communications Commission. Pai has been running the agency since January uh, when the departure of former chairman Tom Wheeler occurred, even though Pai's official tenure ended in the middle of 2016. The nomination this week reaffirms Pai's position at the head of the FCC through the end of Trump's term as president. He says, I am deeply honored to have been nominated by the president to serve a second term on the Federal Communications Commission. If I am fortunate to be confirmed by the Senate, I will continue to work with my colleagues to connect all Americans with digital opportunity, foster innovation, protect consumers, promote public safety, and make the FCC more open and transparent to the American people. Since taking over, Pai has worked quickly to dismantle many of the regulations put in place by Wheeler. Notably, he reduced transparency rules for small broadband providers, closed investigations into carriers' prioritization schemes, and set his sights on net neutrality. Pai is a Republican, along with Commissioner Mike O'Reilly. Uh, and while Commissioner uh, Clyburn is a Democrat, the agency is also short two commissioners, and Pai has yet to nominate anyone to fill those vacancies. Telecom industry uh, corporations such as AT&T were quick to congratulate Pai, who they will see as an ally on the commission. Speaking of AT&T, AT&T now giving loyal customers of its DirecTV Now service free HBO. So people who subscribe to the Big Go and Gotta Have It packages will receive HBO for free for 12 months. People who subscribe to the less expensive Live a Little and Just Right packages will receive a $5 discount on HBO for up to six months. Those who have already added HBO to their DirecTV Now service will see their bills adjusted accordingly. AT&T says subscribers will be able to use their DirecTV Now login credentials to access HBO Go as well. The loyalty reward is available to any DirecTV Now customer with an active account on March 6th. It is available to Android and iOS devices as well as the web. Back to the FCC. Chairman Pai said the agency will be investigating a recent issue on AT&T's mobile network that prevented 911 calls for its users. And this happened on Wednesday evening, and anyone trying to make a call over a period of several hours when uh, trying to place uh, to dial into 911, every call uh, was rejected in these areas. And uh, according to the chairman, every call to 911 must go through. So when I first learned of the outage, I immediately directed FCC staff to contact AT&T about the company's efforts to restore the access to the emergency services to the American public. He says, I have further directed the commission staff to track down the root cause of the outage. AT&T has not provided much information about what happened, though, of course, did apologize to those who were impacted by the outage. Sprint on Thursday said it has debuted Gigabit Class LTE in New Orleans. The Gigabit LTE requires three-channel carrier aggregation using 60 megahertz of Sprint's 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, that's band 41, with 4x4 multiple input, multiple output, and 256 QAM modulation. This is what delivers Category 16 LTE speeds that are done over TDD LTE. Sprint showcased the technology in New Orleans at an unannounced flagship smartphone on an unannounced flagship smartphone from Motorola. It uses a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835 processor and a Snapdragon X16 modem. Sprint plans to rely on its 2.5 gigahertz spectrum to add capacity and speed to its network around the country. The rollout of the Gigabit Class LTE goes further than what Sprint's LTE Plus service already delivers, which reaches up to 100 megabits per second on the download. The Gigabit LTE requires a series of incremental upgrades, says Sprint, and uh, relying on that Category 16 modem, the 4x4 MIMO, and 256 QAM are all part of it. 
Sprint later plans to use the massive uh, MIMO and HPUE to boost performance at the cell edge, eventually pushing speeds beyond the one gigabit per second mark. Sprint and Motorola didn't say when the unnamed LTE handset would be made available to consumers. The Snapdragon 835 processor and X16 modem aren't expected to be available in volume until later next month. So uh, they haven't really announced yet a particular network rollout of this, but showing this off is quite an achievement to actually have that on, you know, kind of consumer-based handsets and, and, and of course, on their network. So, uh, you know, rollout's probably going to be over the next few years of gigabit service, but uh, that really does uh, mean the competitors uh, have something to uh, shoot for here because it's, uh, you know, a, a gigabit is quite a bit different than what the normal LTE service of the other carriers are, uh, you know, kind of max out on speed right now. Yeah, no one else is doing this, uh, at least not yet. We haven't seen any public trials of this that have come out. So um, this is certainly doesn't mean you can run out and buy a phone and get gigabit speeds, but it's not that far off if they're testing it out right now. And uh, the other part of it is it also all goes into play with uh, or comes into play with the number of devices that are on the network, how many people are using it and all of that. So uh, but ultimately, this is it's a step in the right direction, a very big step in the right direction for what we need to see moving forward. And of course, if we, as we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, you know, home broadband style connections, you know, fixed, uh, you know, instead of having a cable connection or a DSL connection to your house, this could obviously compete with that uh, very easily. As long as you can get enough data and unlimited only means unlimited when it's limited. And T-Mobile said they're going to change the unlimited limited plan that they have and uh, LTE data users will have higher amounts of data before throttling will occur. So previously, T-Mobile has said that its heaviest users would only get to use 28 gigabytes of data before uh, they would potentially get throttled in a single billing period. That threshold has increased to 30 gigabytes uh, before being limited, and it also means potentially limited. So T-Mobile says their customers who exceed that 30 gig threshold might see their top speeds dialed back, but only when the network is congested. They don't anticipate it impacting many users, and that 30 gig threshold resets every month. Uh, T-Mobile calls the practice of prioritization uh, is the primary way that it can manage its network load. So I actually like this idea of 30 because it effectively means one gigabyte per day. Uh, And I think for most people, that is more than enough. Uh, And I think, you know, especially if you are someone who is not doing a lot of video streaming. And when I say a lot, it doesn't mean you can't do any because but it means like if you're streaming multiple hours every single day of, you know, of the of the week, then you're going to potentially run into an issue here. And, uh, you know, it it also assumes that uh, you're also doing probably some tethering because you're not going to get to that 30 gigabyte threshold uh, really anyway else. So um, it is uh, it is very interesting, I think, that uh, that they have now increased this and they're the only ones that have done. So everyone else has got their limit on their unlimited in the 20 gigabyte range. And, of course, they do say that it only occurs when the network is congested, which, of course, that is hard to quantify because there's no way for you to tell if the network is congested. So, uh, you know, and, of course, they're not saying they're starting to charge you when you go over that 30 gigs either. That's what the, the nice thing is about that. I mean, that's, you know, we don't really have much of that anymore. Uh, you know, of course, if you have an old plan, you'll still get charged overages, and I think Verizon may still do it. But uh, whatever that is, the case, not an unlimited plan, but a, a lot of plans you, you do. But... Uh, you know, being unlimited, you'd kind of hope it would just be unlimited, unlimited, but obviously you you can't do that for practicality's sake. 
Yeah, I, and I don't, uh, I don't think we're going to get there um, for a while. These things might, you know, keep inching up until we get to a point where, um, you know, perhaps we're, you know, 40, 50 gigabytes, who knows. But um, it also is, you know, we're not, these are not, plans are not getting put in place to uh, be, um, you know, representative of a, uh, a replacement. Uh, in fact, I had a conversation with somebody last week about that where um, <clears throat> they are actually talking to somebody at Verizon who was saying, oh, yeah, all these people are, uh, you know, switching over and uh, just using a hotspot at their home now and because the plans are unlimited now, so you can do that too. Clearly trying to upsell this person. And I, I was talking to him and he's like, well, I, I could probably get away with that. You know, there's only like three or four of us, you know, that are in the house at any given time using it. And I said, well, are you, what are you guys doing? He's like, just kind of normal stuff. You know, I'm like, you stream video? He's like, oh yeah, we all just kind of watch our own thing on Netflix. I'm like, stop, you're just, you're done. Like you're, he's like, well, but you know, they said that a lot of people are doing this. I'm like, yeah, and it's not going to work. It's it's just not the the right way to go. So, um, you know, I said if you you know take it out in your camper when you're going out on the weekend and uh, you know hanging out, that's where you use this and uh, or you know go fishing, whatever you're going to do. But uh, th- this is not a this is not a, a home uh, replacement, at least not yet with the plans that they're they're offering today. No, because then, of course, a lot of times if you even if you get the the, the mobile hotspot functionality, you only get uh, like five or 10 gigs, 10 gigs. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, either way it's a, um, you know, it's an interesting, uh, you know, world that we're in here now, this unlimited world with, uh, you know, limits on it, uh, but ultimately not unlimited amounts of data. It just take a long, lot longer to get there. If you go over that certain threshold in device news, more Apple rumors, the company may call the 2017 iPhone, the iPhone eight, uh, and that will be announced alongside, a an iPhone 7s and 7s plus um, and uh, also uh, this iPhone 8 could potentially have the name iPhone edition so all sorts of different rumors here this week about the naming of this thing uh, more confirmations that the device itself is going to be high-end uh, and uh, potentially cost upwards of a thousand dollars the report also one of the reports talks about how um, Apple is currently testing multiple prototypes and uh, these prototypes with different screen technologies materials some with LCD displays some using AMOLED uh, testing with and without home buttons uh, glass aluminum and ceramic chassis so all of this to try and figure out what is going to work the best and what's going to feel like the most premium of a device. Well, the edition name obviously comes from the Apple Watch edition. Uh, that was the solid gold, uh, which was a ludicrous $10,000. That model did not survive the refresh. Uh, and actually, that model fell off their website months before the uh, the new models were announced, the Series 1 and 2 and, uh, you know, hopefully it won't be made out of solid gold and cost $50,000, but you never know. Apple seems to be doing things kind of uh, strange lately. But uh, at that point, I would think, a, a, you know, $1,000 would be kind of cheap for that. Maybe it'd be a $1,200, $1,500 phone. Who knows? Uh, you know, these rumors right now are pretty, pretty tough to go on since we haven't really seen much of the, the hardware leak. We haven't seen shells or, or, you know, leaked blueprints of this potential device yet. But, you know, there's so many nice and thin, amazing, you know, phones from other manufacturers out there it's probably really hard for uh people to identify what actually is an apple device uh model going around because uh you know so many other uh, manufacturers make devices that are absolutely amazing looking now so i want to just bring something up because i you know i I think about the the, this price point um uh, and and what that's actually going to mean so if you 
for those of us that love the, the technology, and, and that pretty much means every single one of you listening to this show, um, when you see the latest and greatest, you, you just you want it, right? I mean, it's it's one of the few things that you probably in your li- spend money on in your life or spend, you know, I'll say a, a disproportionate amount of money versus the other things in your life. I know that's at least me. Um, and so I, I would prefer to choose if I've got three different options, the 7S, 7S Plus, and the 8 or Edition or whatever they're going to call it. My initial reaction is, well, I got to have that that top one because that's what's going to carry me through for the next year or two. But then I step back and I think about for $800, um, that is what I paid for the current device that I had that got me through uh, basically two years. And two years with a device for $800 uh, turns out to whatever it was, $35 a month. Let's bring that up now to $1,000 or maybe even if it's, you know, a little bit more than that. You're pushing well over $40 a month on this device. And that's significant. That is a big number uh, to be paying alongside the, a plan price that's dropping um, and uh, but not dropping enough to offset what the cost of this phone is. So you really have to think about it. If you're going to do it on an installment plan, is it going to be, you know, something that you're going to be willing to pony up another, you know, 40 or $50 a month to, uh, to have this particular device? I don't even know what that thousand dollars gets you. If that's a, you know, who knows where that's at. Um, but it's, it's, you know, on, on one hand, it's, you know, the thing you probably use and interact with more than just about anything else, uh, in your phone. Uh, and on the, and then on the other side is, you know, one drop and, you know, you could be out of commission here with this, with this thing. And so you got to just, it's, it's a, it's very interesting to think about. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure yet of how that's going to play out and, and how these sales are going to translate. But of course, you know, people go crazy for whatever it is that Apple releases. And so certainly if it's uh, if it's any sort of reasonable and any sort of shiny, people are going to do it. Right. And, and of course, Apple's probably starting to see some of their, uh, you know, margins starting to erode because, you know, you know, there's normal inflation. And of course, the price of an iPhone has not increased. In fact, they keep adding capacity to them. Uh, so thus kind of making them actually a little cheaper uh, overall. But but what needs to probably happen in their mind is that we need to now bump up. We need to kind of step it up, you know, make a next level. So, you know, they've now milked the iPhone 6 design now for already three three models, including the iPhone iPhone 7 here so they've they've really kind of made their money back on the design and the exterior and the the molding and the manufacturing process of the ex exterior part of these devices so now that they do something different now this gives them the justification to try to you know get a couple hundred bucks extra of profit on these newer devices yeah the new new design and uh you know potentially putting in some i'll I'll say some premium specs into it i would imagine that comes into it um you know and again it's going to be whatever it is people are just going to jump on it because that's that that's just what they do when they come out with something like this And of course, this is all pure speculation. We may just get an iPhone 7S and that will be it where it's a little faster and they may probably may put dual cameras on the the, the smaller model. And that could be that could be the extent of the upgrades this year. Who knows? Oh, say it ain't so, Joey. We need more than dual cameras. But you're right. It could absolutely be. That could be the case. Um, You know, if we look at history, history uh, often repeats itself. It has for now since the iPhone 3, right? Because you had the 3G, 3GS. 4, 4S, and so on. So it's happened for eight, six years, seven years. So why wouldn't it happen again? We'll see. Uh, next up, uh, HTC said on its website this week that the U Ultra, the company's flagship handset for 2017, will begin shipping on March 10th. So the $750 smartphone comes in black, white, or blue. 
5.7 inch screen, Snapdragon 821 processor, 16 megapixel camera, personalized sound profiles. It will feature Android 7 Nougat with HTC Sense and the new Sense Companion Personal Assistant, sold unlocked with support for AT&T and T-Mobile. The FCC this week publishing details about two unreleased Samsung phones, likely to be the Galaxy S8 and S8 Edge. So you've got the SMG950, which would be the S8, and the SMG955, which would be the Edge. Confirmed uh, some of the features are shared with the two handsets, including uh, wide support for US 4G networks, including LTE bands 29, 30, and 66, which are some of the newest being used by AT&T and T-Mobile these days. The FCC shows two versions of the phones uh, so far, one with and one without CDMA. The CDMA variant is compatible with the networks of Sprint and Verizon, but also includes LTE support for AT&T and T-Mobile. The FCC confirmed additional radios, including Bluetooth, NFC, and Wi-Fi. Photos and detailed specs remain unknown, although we will know very soon. The S8 and S8 Edge will be announced at an event in New York City on March 29th. In software news, Apple made iOS 10.3 Beta 5 available to developers on Wednesday. The most notable new feature of iOS 10.3 is a tool called Find My AirPods. This helps people locate lost earbuds via an audio alert. Uh, 10.3 makes the jump from the Apple file system as well and to the Apple file system and also refreshes the Apple ID profile, tweaks animations, and provides more details concerning iCloud's storage use. The latest beta is meant for developers. Apple normally makes public beta builds available a day or two after it releases developer betas. Apple also released fifth developer betas of the macOS 10.12.4, watchOS 3.2, and tvOS 10.2, as well as a fourth developer beta of Xcode. Google on Thursday announcing that Gmail will add support for native add-ons. Add-ons are nothing new for Gmail, as options such as Boomerang have been available to tie into Gmail for quite a while. Uh, but they're generally powered by Google Chrome. So uh, although Google is changing the way that they're adding native support for add-ons, the biggest difference here is that instead of working only with uh, in specific conditions, the add-ons will work across the board, including on mobile apps on Android and iOS. For now, this feature is focused on enterprise users and is starting off with three integrations, including Intuit, Salesforce, and ProsperWorks. In an example posted by Google, a user composes an email in Gmail, checks contact information in ProsperWorks, sets up and sends an invoice in QuickBooks, and does it all without leaving the Gmail app. Google says that these applications will be contextual, meaning that they'll only appear when the message, based on the message being sent. And Google also is going to keep tight reins over the feature, so it won't be opening up a marketplace for developers to create and distribute add-ons, rather requiring companies to partner directly with Google for them to take advantage of the feature. Google Thursday updated its Gboard keyboard application for Android devices, making it possible to translate text in real time. So clicking a new translate icon loads Google Translate, which can instantly translate words as you type. Gboard also made it easier to find emojis and GIFs uh, as the app will suggest them as the user's types. Further, GIFs can be now be shared with other messaging applications, including Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, Hangouts, and Allo. Uh, other new features include the expanded set of scenic views for backdrops and support for uh, search in right to left languages. Gboard for Android is free to download from the Google Play Store. Verizon on Thursday said the company's Fios home internet and television customers can now stream an unlimited amount of live and recorded shows over LTE without impacting their monthly data allotment. 
Specifically, Fios customers can use the Fios mobile application on their smartphones and tablets to watch 140 channels of television, movies, and stored at DVR content. The app provides access to on-demand programming as well as premium channels with a, 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 with a qualifying subscription. This means customers can watch live television without impacting the data on their mobile device anywhere using Verizon's LTE service. Fios mobile uh, can be used remotely to manage DVR recordings, view TV listings, and act, act as a set-top box remote control. Verizon says customers will need to download the latest version of the Fios mobile app to take advantage of the zero-rated video streaming. Verizon didn't mention the quality of the stream, whether it was SD or HD, uh, but the Verizon mobile Fios, Fios mobile app is free to download from either the iTunes or Google Play Store. And I'd say refer back to the earlier story about uh, the FCC abandoning uh, inquiries into zero rating applications. Here's a prime example of actually uh, that action already uh, affecting you, which is uh, pretty amazingly quick. But uh, Mickey, you you have uh, Verizon Fios, don't you? Would this be something you'd use if you if you subscribed to TV and if you had Verizon as your main character uh, carrier? Uh, I have Fios, um, and we do have cable, I guess. Uh, it is part of this package, I suppose. Um, I don't really use it. Um, I use it in the context that um, I have a TV with a QAM tuner in it, and uh, it is because Verizon is the local uh, landline telco. They are required to push out the content, I guess, uh, uh, over QAM, and so my TV translates... Uh, Translates is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. It um, it uh, de-encrypts the signals that are sent uh, over the connection, um, the cable connection. So I'm able to then view all of my local channels. That's about the only thing I watch. Anyway, I didn't answer your question. To um, if I would actually use it, maybe. But I also have a Slingbox, and the Slingbox is um, is something that I'm comfortable with, and I use quite a bit. Uh, in fact, that's has QAM built into it as well. So that's actually how I have that hooked up. That's just sitting in a in a closet, and I have a cable running to it. It's not even hooked up to uh, a TV uh, at all. Uh, and so I just watch the the channels that come over the air on that, and I'm perfectly fine with that because that's all I really need. I don't really use it much for anything other than news and uh, you know certain programming that I watch as it happens live on TV. But um, any uh, you know content that I'm watching that's been time shifted is usually over Netflix or Amazon. I don't even bother with uh, live TV anymore. It just doesn't seem like really worth it to me anymore. So, um, but uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people will enjoy this. Uh, if you're a Fios customer and you have Verizon Wireless, then uh, we talked about it last week, how you can start to get some discounts on that uh, combination of bundling of services now. And here you go, able to take advantage of your video content on your mobile devices there as well. Users of Google's Allo mobile messaging application can now use their service from their car. Uh, the latest update available in the Google Play Store brings support for Android Auto to Allo, which joins several other messaging applications that are already accessible when in drive mode. Google says the latest update adds animated emoji. Allo, which integrates the Google Assistant uh, and yet doesn't support SMS, is free to download via the Google App Store. Another software news, Google has updated its Google Translate service with a handful of new languages. Specifically, Google has applied its neural machine translation technique to Hindi, Russian, and Vietnamese. The process translates entire sentences at a time rather than individual words or smaller phrases. The results create a more accurate translation that sounds more natural and better at conveying the intended message of the original content. Google has already applied neural message translation or machine translation to a number of other languages, such as Portuguese and Turkish. Google says it will apply neural machine translations to more languages over time. Uh, they are available on the web as well as the mobile Google Translate application for both Android and iOS devices. 
Uh, next, uh, the Nest got a security improvement this week uh, with an update that brings two-step authentication for user accounts and for all of the company's products. So two-step or multi-factor authentication lets users add a second layer of authentication to their username and password. You can now get an access code sent to you via text message to, uh, when you uh, are attempting to log into your Nest account, meaning if your password is compromised, someone won't be able to log in without also having access to uh, an approved device with two-factor access codes on them. Also starting this week, you can enable uh, this on your Nest account uh, through the latest versions of the Nest application by navigating over uh, to uh, the Nest website or launching the application and doing it on there. Nest says in its press release that it's also been silently rolling out other security improvements over the year, noting that it is constantly tweaking and adjusting how we protect your data as new technologies become available and we learn about new threats. Well, a slew of devices were upgraded to Android 7 NuGet this week. First, Verizon on Monday made Android 7 NuGet available to the Samsung Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge smartphones. NuGet brings a native split-screen multitasking view, better battery management software, photo effects previews, more ways to customize the always-on display, Samsung Pass for additional fingerprint-based security, performance mode for adjusting processor output, and a revised keyboard with more language options and controls over the mobile hotspot connection. Notably, the update also removes Verizon's Go90 mobile video application. Verizon recommends users download the operating system via Wi-Fi. Android 7 Nougat rolling out uh, in the next few days to the S7 and S7 Edge. Verizon also began distributing the Nougat update to the Moto Z Droid Play. The Droid Z, uh, Play, uh, Z Droid Play includes some new features including fast app switching, bundled notifications, expanded emoji, data saver, and improved doze mode. Nougat users will get greater control over notifications, quick panel settings, and main settings tools. A download over Wi-Fi is recommended. Update as well, rolling out over the next few days. And finally, LG on Monday plans to provide Android 7 to its mid-2015 flagship, the G4, as well as its late 2015 high-end camera handset, the V10. The company said in a blog post that these phones were designed with Android 5 and Android 6 in mind, but customer feedback has forced them to rethink its position on phones software. It expects to have Android 7 ready for the V10 by the second quarter, and the G4 will follow in the third quarter. LG says the upgrade schedule applies only to the G4 and V10 in Korea. The company will announce Android 7 NuGet update plans for other markets at a later time. Questions and comments this week. Just one. It comes from Vic. His comment is, says, Mickey and Joey, thanks for your response to my question from a couple of weeks ago. You're right. None of the features I mentioned in my previous message are new to the Google Voice application. The problem is I stopped using the app years ago in favor of Hangouts so that I could get picture and group messages sent to my Google Voice number. Now that picture and group messages are finally available in the Google Voice application, I can stop using Hangouts. I'm thrilled, Vic. Yeah, and I am too, absolutely. And then, of course, the adding the iPad version of the application uh, as well, turning it into universal app, finally, my God, what took them so long? Uh, it, it's it's an amazing day that they finally did this, and I, it's it, it's it's staggering that they did it after all of this time that they actually implemented these features. That that something actually happened, that there was change uh, that that happened to the application versus it just fizzling out, and that was one of my biggest uh, concerns is that was it was just going to flat out go away like so many other products have from them. But uh, seemingly they've doubled down on it and uh, invested more and are hoping to uh, you know at least I'm hoping that they will continue to do things to improve the uh, service and make it better. So thanks, Vic, very much for writing in. If you have any questions or comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com 
or give us a call, 650-999-0524, and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.